Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Thank you, worship team. Step down. We're going to take a confession this morning. Praise God and declare God's guidance over our lives. Amen. So one, two, you're going to follow me. Say, the Spirit of Truth abides in me and teaches me all things. He guides me into all truth. Therefore, I confess I have perfect knowledge of every situation and every circumstance I come up up against. For I have the wisdom of God. Alright, we're going to confess from Proverbs 3, 5. I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I lean not to my own understanding. Alright, we're going to confess Psalms 138, verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Can we all confess it loud and clear? Say the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. All right. We, we declare, I let the word of Christ dwell in me richly in all wisdom. Come on, let's confess it loud and clear. Say, I let the word of Christ dwell in me richly in all wisdom. All right, let's confess John 10. I do follow the good shepherd. I know his voice. And the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. Alright, let's confess First Corinthians one thirty and 2 Corinthians 5.21. Say, Jesus is made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Therefore, I confess I have the wisdom of God and the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Alright. Let's confess Colossians 1.9. Someone say, Pastor, when are we going to stop? When you talk louder. So let's confess. Praise God. Say, I'm filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I like this. Come on, say, I'm filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Alright. Next one. I'm a new creation. In Christ. I'm His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I have the mind of Christ. And the wisdom of God is formed within me. Okay. This is the last one. Okay. So say it very loud. Or we start again. Alright. Come on. Say, I receive the spirit of wisdom. I can't hear you. Say, I receive the spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of my understanding, being enlightened, I'm not conformed to this world. But I'm transformed. Come and say, I'm transformed. Or say loud, say, I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. My mind is renewed by the word of God. Amen. Now, you see, it's important to confess the word. To speak the word. Praise God. The word of God on your lips is as powerful as the word of God in God's lips. And let me tell you something about corporate um, worship and corporate prayers. You know, some people, when you say, let's confess God's word, they, and they are, you know, corporate, let's put on this mic, let me go on this. You know, praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, for some people, when you ask them, you know, for instance, if you're in a corporate meeting, a corporate assembly, and um, you say, let's pray, they they, they don't want to pray. You know, there are some people who are always, they don't want to just do what everybody's doing. Sometimes it, it, 
they think it makes them look matured. But it's not maturity. So let's confess God's word. I have the knowledge of God. <laughs> you know, there are things you can only get when we all do it together. There's something about the corporate anointing. Amen. Come on, I said there's something about the corporate anointing. Amen. Amen. All right, praise God. Are we good, guys? Hallelujah. Praise God. Is my mic on? Glory to God. You're coming on. Okay. All right, praise God. Let's have a sit. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come in and will shine into your word in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Okay, so we continue with our subject. God wants to guide you. God wants to guide you. And uh, I hope that you have been blessed and you have been touched and you've been, your mind has been renewed um, as we study this subject. Okay, so let's go to questions about God's guidance and I think that's what we dealt with, um, that's where we stopped on Sunday, right? Some misconceptions about guidance. Now, one of the things I want you to, to note here very carefully and it's very important is that according to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 20, confusion is a curse. Confusion is a curse. A child of God ought not to be confused about what to do in life. And that's very important. A child of God ought not to be confused about what to do in life. God wants to provide guidance for us. Amen. Now, I want to plead with you, and that's very important. I want to plead with you, get a hold of these messages and listen to them over and over again. Listen to them over and over again. You know, um, a dear man of God was saying something the other day, and I, and I really kind of understood what he was saying. He said he was listening to a message where he was in the service, but you know, he was watching the video, and he was listening to the message. And he was telling himself, wow, where was I when this message was preached? I mean, there's so much rich content in this message. He said, as he was talking to himself like that, the camera scanned through the crowd. And there he was sitting in the front seat. <laughs> you realize that even though you're in the service, and I, I'm, I'm going to spend some time to teach on that, uh, the power of soaking in messages. Even though you're in the service, listen to messages again. Set aside your time to listen to messages again. Soak yourself up. I do that all the time. I mean, myself and my wife, we do that all the time. We go to bed with messages playing. You see, the world is in darkness. You must be deliberate to feed yourself with light. Praise the name of the Lord. So even after we're done with this series, the subject of guidance is something you cannot outgrow. You have to renew your mind concerning it. Praise God. Now, if you go to um, our anchor scripture, Romans 8.16. Let's go there now. Romans chapter 8. And verse 16. Praise God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. Hallelujah. It says, let's start reading from verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The word being led there is a present continuous tense. I'm using the New American Standard Bible. All those who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So, the being led there is not something that happens just once and for all. Or once a while. It is something that is continuous. It is something that has to be constant. Are you following me now? Come on, I can't hear you. I said, are you following me now? Alright, so, we are being led by the Spirit of God. And when you go on, it says, For you have not received the spirit of slavery, the King James will say the spirit of fear or bondage, leading to fear again. But you have received the spirit of adoption, as sons by which we cry what? Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Now, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. Now, the King James Version uses the word bear witness. That the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. Now, I need to follow me this morning. That bearing of witness is the most important uh, thing you need to know about God guiding you. 
If God is guiding you, there will be a witness in your spirit. The Holy Spirit. The, 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 the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit, praise God. And, and, and you will know on your inside. Because now the Holy Ghost lives in you. It is not it. The Spirit, it did not say the Spirit itself. You know, those of you who, are, who like saying something told me. He says the Spirit Himself. The Holy Ghost is a person. He didn't say the Spirit itself. Praise God. So it's not it. It's Him. It's a person. <laughs> Glory to God. So the Spirit Himself testifies, bears witness with our spirit. Now, your spirit can speak to you. That's not the Spirit of God. But when something comes up in your spirit, the Holy Ghost will be able to bear witness and say, this is of God. Alright? Now that's why your fellowship with the Holy Ghost is important. Now, a lot of people want to hear from God, but they don't want to read the Word. That's why the first way to train yourself to hear from God is to read the Word of God. Now, God has already spoken to us in Scriptures. As you align yourself to um, read the Word and act on the Word, when a voice comes or when you see something that is not consistent with the Word, you will know that it's not God's Word. So most people want to hear God, but they don't want to hear His Word. So the, 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 this is the, the Word of God. From the Word of God, we know the voice of God. We can tell what the voice of God is. For instance, if I had a dream, well, I'm going to go, get there. Let me not go ahead of myself. So, if God, so we, we dealt with two misconceptions that if God guides you, there will not be problem. Acts 9.16, we dealt with that when uh, the scripture says, Many things you suffer for my sake. And Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Praise God. And, and most of us feel if God guides us, there will not be tribulation. So if there are tribulations, it means God is not guiding us. No. God will always lead us in triumph. So sometimes things might not go as we want, but it is the Lord guiding us. Praise the name of the Lord. I said praise the name of the Lord. Alright. The next one is, sometimes we feel that when there is increase, God cannot lead us away from that. Acts chapter 8. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. I want to show you something here. And I really want you to follow this because these are very important things that sometimes make people to miss the will of God. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 25. Uh, am I right there? Yeah. Uh, so, um, in, in the book of Acts chapter 8, Philip went to Samaria. Okay? So there was big revival in that city. Uh, magicians came out burning their books <clears throat> great stuff was being done in the city go to verse 25 so when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans but an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza you know the story very well. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and sent him to Gaza. Now, the angel of the Lord took him from uh, Samaria, where there was a mighty revival, to go and preach to one man in the desert. That is against all church growth principles. Praise the name of the Lord. So you see, God can lead you. It, it, there might be prosperity here. There might be every good thing here. God can lead you and say, well, you go to the village and do something. Or you go to that uh, place and go and do something. So most times we we'll always feel that if God is guiding us, it, He will always guide us into increase. And that increase, we define it by our human standard of increase. It's like, listen, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like God telling me now, you know what? It's okay. Your time here is over. I want you to go to uh, one of these river state villages and go preach to one man. You realize that even some people will say, Ah, but you have many pastors under you. Come on. You know, some of you don't even like the example. Like, Pastor, we know, but use another example. Do you understand? Because naturally, we don't think God will lead us that way. Do you think God can lead a man from a well-paying job to go take a low paying job so that he can be able to reach someone for Christ? <laughs> it's possible, but Lord, don't try it. Are you following what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is, if you have a preconceived notion, God cannot lead this way. Even if God is leading you, you will not obey. Because we have been taught and we always judge God's leading 
by the fact that he's leading us into prosperity. How many of you know that God led Moses to leave the estate of Egypt and he got into the wilderness leading the children of Israel? And I'll tell you the truth. Even though we say Moses is a mighty man of faith, if you have the choice, you wouldn't take that. Who would leave becoming the king of Egypt? It's like becoming the president of America in our world. Egypt was the cradle, was the seat of civilization. Who would leave becoming the next pharaoh to go and lead some stiff, naked people in the wilderness, trekking through the wilderness? You won't do that. So God can lead us in that direction. Can somebody say amen? Okay. Now... Um, another mistake that we make, and I want to deal with this because it's very important. We're looking at how God guides. We want to, I'm, I'm touching all of these things. I can spend days to teach them, but I'm just giving you summary. And I'm hoping the Lord will allow us to come back to some of these things. Please go with me to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Because I still find people doing this today. And it's important that we, we learn from the scriptures. Judges chapter 6. Have this series been a blessing to you since we started? Say amen if it has. Alright. Judges chapter 6 verse 36. Then Gideon said to God, if you, del- if you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on all the ground, then I will know that you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken. And it was so when he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleas, he drained the dew from the fleas, a bowl full of water. Verse 39, Then Gideon said to God, Do not let your anger burn against me, (laughs) that I may speak once more. Please let me make a test once more with the fleas. Let it now be dry on the fleas and let it be dew all around. God did did so that night, for it was only dry, dry only on the fleas and dew was on all the ground. So it is from this concept we get what you call fleas, throwing out a fleas. So God was sending Gideon to go and do this. And Gideon said, listen, if you're the one leading me, I want water to be on the wool and everywhere to be dry. And if you're not the one leading me, I want everywhere to have water and um, I, want, I want the fleas to be dry. The wool to be dry. You know, some of us do that today. God, if you are the one leading me, let my mother call me. Some of you do that for ladies you want to marry. You might marry the devil's daughter. Lord, if this is the girl you really want me to marry, let, let her cross here seven times. You know, you, you, what you don't realize is this. God is not the only one in control of things on the HRM. The devil can influence things to happen. So if you go by fleas, oh God, if this is the person you want me to marry, let the person walk seven times. You know, something can just tell the person, oh yeah, they walk out, they walk out, they walk out, they walk out. And then you think it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? So the New Testament believer ought not to do fleas. Oh God, if you want me to travel, let six red cars pass. The devil can cause that to happen. So we are not to be led by fleas. Don't lead that. Don't go that way. You will miss it. You know, like I told you in the Old Testament, God really, they didn't have the kind of relationship you have with God. So this is not the time. Now, they tried to do it in the New Testament. And, you know, I've, I've heard a preacher who is also a mentor of mine uh, kind of teach it like you can do it in the New Testament because God... No, but I, I don't completely agree. And the reason I don't completely agree is very simple. The one time they tried it in the New Testament, how many of you remember Acts chapter 1, verse 12, where they casted lots to choose Matthias? Right? Come on now. Where they casted lots to choose Matthias, Acts chapter 1, verse 12, to replace um, Judas Iscariot. The lot fell on Matthias. Right? Did you come to church or you're going home? Say amen. Are you here? Say something. Talk. Alright. Now, how many of you know that was the only place his name appeared? Nothing was heard about him anymore. So I believe very strongly that that's not the perfect way God wants us. I will not encourage that. Throwing of lot and throwing of fleas. Oh God, if you want me to, to be a pastor, let his handkerchief spread. <laughs> I mean, the enemy can make the handkerchief spread and you, you walk out of the will of God. So, a New Testament believer, you already have God on the inside of you. You don't need to be led by fleas. 
Is that okay? Stop telling yourself, God, if you want me to do this, let this happen. You don't need it. You don't need it. It's the lowest, basest, most childish form of direction. You can use it when you want to play football. Lord, should we be the one to pass? Yes. Yeah, you can use it for that. But to guide your life, you can't toast coin for your life. Your destiny is much more bigger. You've got to be precise and you've got to be what? Accurate. Are you still here? Alright, Job chapter 33. Let's go to some of the ways that God guides. Job chapter 33 and verse 14. Job. Now, one of the things I like doing, especially when I teach God's word, is to present a balanced perspective of the word of God. And, and I know sometimes that when people teach on being led by the Spirit of God, now listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. This is very important. This is a very important aspect of the message. As fewly people within the world of faith circles, when they teach, they try to downplay the role of dreams. Now, I believe that a Bible teacher should teach the whole counsel of God. What I mean by the whole counsel of God is this. There might be there might be a stronger emphasis and a more surety in being led by the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and the inward witness. But it doesn't remove the fact that God can still lead today by dreams. Because what we find out is that somehow God leads... Now, let me, let me lay this foundation. The best and the surest way God leads us is through the inward witness. But I believe that some believers have not been trained and matured enough to be able to separate their inward witness from their own spirit. And somehow God keeps leading you until you get to that point where you are able to come. Now, something can come up in my spirit and I'll know that's my flesh. Something can come up in my spirit and I'll know that's God speaking. So there are various ways by, God, by which God guides. But the foundation is you must know the word of God. God will not lead you outside his word. Outside the framework of his word. So if you want to know how will I know God's voice? How will I not know God's voice? Keep reading and meditating on the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Now go to Job 14. Job, um, Job 33 verse 14 please. Now, it says, Indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. I want you to observe that. No one notices it. That means they are not paying attention. Now, I observe something. Let me say here. Sometimes God is guiding us, but with the ones not paying attention. Now, I observe something in the last couple of services, you know, as we're trying to set up our two services, sometimes I get in the morning and I'm involved in administration helping to put a couple of things together. But I also realize that in some services when I come in and I just sit in the office and I'm just meditating, going through my notes, praying in the Holy Ghost, you know what, what happens to me? I'll begin to get one or two scriptures. Right. Now, my, my teaching notes is printed out, but if you look at my note right now, there are a couple of scriptures I read, I've written with, with paper. What happened? Because I'm paying attention, then the Holy Ghost is able to point one or two areas to me that's not in my notes. But then if I come up in the morning and I'm helping the guys and I'm just helping to set up, what happens is that most times I don't get such inspiration. What I'm saying is that, it says God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. So it's possible for God to be guiding you and you're too busy to hear Him. And you hear some people say, praise the Lord, you know, ah, when I first sick that time, it was not easy. But I just realized that when I was sick, you know, ah, I just had this communion with God. God began to speak to me in the hospital bed. It wasn't that God made you sick so he can teach you a lesson. You were too busy and the time you were sick were the only time you, you, you were just, you, you could be spoken to. It's not God making you sick so he can speak to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't use your stubbornness to interpret the scriptures. You know, I've heard people also say that. The Lord was calling me to ministry. I said, I will not agree. And then my wife died. My cat died. You know, my car. And then they, 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 they make their stubbornness look like, wow, this guy forgot. You know, like, you know football, right? 
Like when you want to go and buy a very expensive player, they keep increasing the price. It looks like they are so needed in God's kingdom that God will not mind killing a lot of people just to get a hold of them to say yes. If you have that kind of testimony, keep quiet. You were just stubborn. And in being stubborn, you open yourself to the enemy. And the enemy is the one that kills, that steals and destroys. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you following what I'm saying? If we train believers early to yield to the Lord, we will have less of those testimonies. Glory to God. So he said, God speaks again once, but people do not notice it. In a dream, a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men, while they slumber in their beds, then he opens the ears of men, and seals their instruction that he may turn man aside from his conduct and keep man from pride. See, God speaks. When, when he asleep, deep slumber, God is speaking, but he don't recognize it. The New Living Translation says, For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams and in visions of the night. This tells us, now you need to pay attention please. Really make sure you're paying attention. This tells us that there's a difference between dreams and visions. They're not the same. It says, in dreams and in visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they lie on their bed. So you realize that God speaks to us in dreams and in visions. Now, this is very important. You know, because like I said, some ministers really don't emphasize this. And some overemphasize it. So for some, every little dream. I mean, a dear lady shared a testimony with, with me. I was so glad. Last Sunday, she, she came and, and, uh, she came to church. She came to the office and, uh, I just want to share the testimony based on what I'm teaching tonight. So, teaching this morning. Um, she, she came to the office and she's been having all these dreams, like eating in the dreams and all scared and all kinds of stuff. stuff. That, so she came to the office and she said, oh, Pastor. And then we talked and I just shared a few scriptures with her. Just simple prayer. No, nothing big. No, no shaking, no vomiting, nothing. Just simple prayer. You're God's child in Jesus' name. Just go. And she came last night and said, oh, Pastor, all those dreams have stopped. Praise God. You know what happened? Lights and understanding came in. Because sometimes we are also, we are, some preachers underemphasize dreams and some overemphasize it. So you see, when you overemphasize dreams, every night when you wake up, man, the enemy is going to give you something to work with. I was in a dream. I was in a plane. One leg now came out. I said, how will one leg come out? I was trying to put the leg. And you realize that that leg is what you'll be trying to put all through the night until you wake up. And I mean, the enemy will keep you busy. Glory to God. So, in, in Acts chapter 2 verse 17, the Bible says, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. This was in Acts. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 17, Daniel understood dreams. Give me Daniel 1 17. Daniel 1 17. Last day I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Daniel 1 17. As for these four youths, God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of what? Church. All kinds of what? Visions and what? Dreams. So does that tell us that vision and dreams are not the same thing? They're not the same thing. They're different. So God can speak to us through visions and dreams. Now, some people have the gift to interpret dreams. I can interpret dreams. I can tell you what the dream means. That doesn't mean you should show up on Tuesday and say, Pastor, I just want your whole day today. These are dreams. Now, I can have a, I have a bit of a sense. My dad is also good with interpreting dreams. If you tell me a dream, I can give you a sense to what it means. Not everybody can interpret dreams. And that's important. Some of you run into problems because you take your dreams to people who cannot interpret dreams. Look at this. Listen carefully. And you need to pay attention when you read scripture. It says, as for these four youths, God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Now, you see that when he gets to Daniel, he separates Daniel. And says, Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. If you go to the first line, he says, For these four youths, for the four of them, God gave them knowledge and intelligence in branch of literature and wisdom. But in terms of understanding dreams and visions, it was only Daniel that had it. 
So it's not like when you dream, you just go and tell everybody, ah, this one. It's not everybody that can interpret dreams. It's not everybody that can interpret dreams. And dream, a dream doesn't really mean that, you know, the way, the, the way your grandmother interpreted it, that is how it is. No. God spoke to Abimelech like a pagan king in a dream at night. Genesis 20 verse 3 to 7, warning him against taking Abraham's wife. So God spoke to Abimelech and warned him. You know, Genesis 4, 41, 1 to 7, God spoke to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, in a dream. I'm going to spend a whole month to teach on dreams. I think it's very important because a lot of people dream. You know, uh, Matthew 27 verse 19, I like this one because it happens to us sometimes. Matthew 27, 19. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 19. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man. For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. This was Pilate's wife. God, <laughs> the woman said, I suffered in the dream because of this man. This man is innocent. Some homes will be good if the woman, if the man would listen to the wife. When the wife shares certain dreams. Sometimes, because your mind is plugged with calculations, uh, 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 calculations, uh, uh, the plans, execution, you know, you, God is not able to get through to you. Your spirit is not picking any signal. Radio transmitter down. Dream at night. You are, how will I lay foundation? How will I take care of my mother? How will I take care of my father? My father died and left a goat for me. I don't know where that goat is now. Things are in your mind. So God will speak to the nearest person close to you and your wife is trying to share a dream with you. Say, don't worry, you people are just dreaming. We are planning life. That dream is saving you. Between myself and my wife, she dreams, her dreams are a bit more better than mine. I, let me not say I don't dream, but most times I don't, I don't dream. Somebody says, so what do you do at night? I don't know. I just wake up in the morning and I continue my life. Then sometimes I dream and then sometimes I don't dream sometimes. Sometimes I just discover it's morning. I don't know what happened. You know, but if my wife is sharing a dream with me, and most times I found that sometimes she dreams about someone consistently for two, three, four, five times, maybe after about a month, something is going to come up. Either the person is not feeling well or something is not right, and then we have to pray about that person. And so most times, right, we've picked that up because when she's dreaming about something consistently, what we do is we just begin to take up those people in prayer. That's how God speaks to her primarily. How does God speak to me primarily? In my inner man. I just know. I just have a sense in. Most of the major things I've done in this, in the, I've done in sensing. Dreams is the last way God speaks to me. That is, if God gives me a dream, it is final warning. That's me. So sometimes you have to understand the best way God leads you. And it's very important because sometimes I think we overemphasize one more than the other. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, um, I'm going to spend time. Please remind me. I'm going to spend time to really teach on dreams and I'll share a bit things, things with you sometimes that can help basic interpretation. But I want to go through all the ways God speaks as a way of summary. So this is a summary and we'll, we'll look at these things in details. One of the things that interests me a lot is the life of Joseph in the book of Matthew. You realize that Joseph had four dreams and those four dreams was how God preserved the life of Jesus. God appeared to him and told him, Mary, uh, the Holy Ghost is the one that impregnated Mary. Take this child, go to Egypt. The, the one who seek the child is dead. Come back. The divine direction that preserved the life of Jesus in the book of Matthew was through dreams. Now, there are three sources of dreams. Everybody say three sources of dreams. Say one more time. Say three sources of dreams. Okay, so there are three sources of dreams. Number one is God. So God gives dreams. Those scriptures, all the scriptures I'll be reading talks about dreams that comes from God. So God can warn you by dream. Our moving to Bonnie Island was confirmed by dream. But then it was my dad that had the dream. Oh. And um, um, we were contemplating moving because when we were about to come to Bonnie, we were about to start a school. So we've also printed flyers. We are to start the school in September. We've printed flyers. Um, I, I read education. That's my first degree. My wife also is, is an educationist. So we just decided, oh, we want to start a school. We're really passionate about school. So we had printed the names. We've done everything. And we've printed the flyers. The school was to commence. So my dad was in a dream. And I held Chuck on one hand, you know. Um, chalkboard, writing chalk. Use my canabas chalk. 
Alright, and then I had Bible in one hand. So in the dream, I told my dad that um, somebody was calling me to go somewhere. But I said, no, uh, there's this school we want to open. And then someone in the dream told him, this boy is not supposed to live with that truck. He's supposed to live with that Bible in his hands. You know. And that was when we were about to come to, to Bonnie Island. And it was a bit, he just made our choice easy. That, listen, we're not doing anything with school stuff. We're just to go, you know, and come plant the church. And that's why sometimes when people counsel, you know, you have something to do, try and do something. You cannot be a full-time minister. You know, sometimes people don't know. You know, they, let me explain, let me just say this to you. And I, uh, let me say this to you, right? Except you are very lazy. I don't think there's anybody who would just conveniently want to say, you know what? I just want to live by preaching the gospel. Except you are lazy or you are a thief in that sense. You want to coin people. Because I tell you, pastoral work is not the easiest of work. It's a work where you have to, you know, you can't, you, there are things you can't do. You understand what I'm saying? You know, I can't get angry this morning. I say, all of you are idiots. Get out of this church. It can't happen. You know, even if I think so, I can't say it. I have to say, you know, you guys are saints in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. In my mind, I'm like, really? <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? I can't come. You, you, know, you know you can get me as offended as you want to. But I have a responsibility to walk in love towards you. So, you, 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 sometimes your life is in the public space. Your children's life in the public space. Everybody. So, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes there's what you call the constraints of purpose. Which means that people are doing things because that's what God has ordained them to do. But back to our subject. So, we had that dream and it was very clear we're not to do anything with the school. So, my dad had the dream and shared with us. Now, God can lead you to dreams. Very important. Very, very important. Okay. Now, Dreams can also be a product of your mind. So let's go to Isaiah 29, 8. We're talking about three sources of dreams. So it's not every dream you have that is from God. That's very clear. Very, please pay attention to that. Isaiah 29, verse 8. Because you can, the, the enemy can put dreams in your heart until you are led away from the will of God. The projections are very small. What, what's that? What's that? You, you need to fix that. That's not the perfect thing we can get with that. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 8. Look at this. Isaiah 29, verse 8. It will be as when a hungry man dreams, and behold, he is eating. <laughs> it will be as when a hungry man dreams, and behold, he is eating. But when he awakens, his hunger is not satisfied. Or as when a thirsty man dreams, and behold, he is drinking. Uh, but when he awakes, behold, he is faint, and his thirst is not quenched. For as the multitude of all nations will be who wage war against Mount Zion. Look at what the scripture says. It says, it's as if when a hungry man dreams and is eating, but when he gets up, he realizes he's not full. So eating in the dream is not a new thing. The scripture had recorded it way back. Some of you eat in the dream because you are hungry. It's scriptural. You've watched this, this African magic film. They took this guy to one nice restaurant to eat. And you, you while you are watching that film, you're, you're, you're drinking Gary and Granot. When you sleep, your spirit will connect to that good life. you just be eating chicken, eating chicken, eating chicken. If you are wise, eat enough. Because that's the only place you will have chicken to eat in the last month. Don't be saying I reject it. Eat. <laughs> They are always giving me food in the dream. You don't have food. <laughs> Look at it. See, as when a hungry man dreams, and behold, he is eating. But when he awakens, his hunger is not satisfied. Or when a thirsty man dreams, and behold, he is drinking. But when he awakes, this is not alcohol. Don't be an alcoholic in life and in dream. That's not, it's water. <laughs> and his thirst is not quenched. Thus, the multitude of all the nations wage war. So, there is something called your imagination that can generate dreams. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3. Ecclesiastes 5, 3. Are you learning something? So, God can speak to you through dreams. And what can happen again? 
multitude of business. For the dream comes through much effort, through much multitude of business, and the voice of a fool through many words. So you will realize that certain dreams can come from the product of your imaginations. I, I think some, I, I don't know, I think my wife can watch horror films. I, I, I can't watch horror films. I don't watch horror films. Because if I watch horror films, I'm, I'm done for. That night, I can't sleep. All the people in the horror film that are killing people, they will come after me. My brain has a way of, I don't know. I don't, so I don't watch horror films. Yeah, but you are a man. I'm not a man in that one. I don't stress my life. So once it's horror film, they are killing people, vampire, you won't see me there. And if there's anything like a plane crash, I don't watch it. You know, there's this program they used to have called Few Minutes Before the Crash. And the one I, I don't watch it. The only one I watched is still in my... As I'm talking to you now, I can remember everything. So, you almost also know you are constantly having sex in the dream. Stop watching pornography. Stop watching pornographic movies. Stop watching romantic movies. You are not married. All the films you watch, they are kissing, 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 kissing. I did these people say, these people say, these people say, off the TV. <laughs> ah, they cannot just ask him, that, go and watch comedy. They now say, I'm having sex in the dream. Why will you not have sex in the dream? If, they, if you don't have in the dream, you now go and look for a girlfriend. Your imagination. You know, there are sometimes, I mean, I remember one football match we watched, I don't know, play match like that. I mean, they beat, beat, beat the hell out of us that. That, 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 that weekend. The night when I was dreaming, we replayed the match and we won. So I took this cause of the one we won. What was that? It was not God. It was not the devil. It's multitude of business. Are you following what I'm saying? So some dreams are based on what you are what? Involved in. So when a dream comes, the first thing to ask yourself is what is the source? Is this from God? Is this from... So, one of the things I do a lot, and I advise people a lot, I, I don't end my nights with movies. When I'm going to bed, is either I'm playing worship songs, or I, I rarely do worship songs. Most times I'm playing messages. You know what will happen? I don't know how many of you have had that experience. I'm playing messages and I fall asleep. You know what will happen? I'll find myself sitting in the church. Maybe I'm listening to Brother Higgin or listening to my dad. I'll find myself sitting in the church and the person is teaching me. What's happening? I'm conditioning my mind. I'm conditioning my experiences. Praise God. Some of you just finish loading yourself with movies and go to bed. Then you become an actor in the film. You are fighting all through the night. Say, man, this night now battle. Use the Chinese film you watched. It did. Now, let me explain something to you. When you sleep, your subconscious and your spirit man is still alive. So, you actually, it's just your physical body and your eyes that closes. Your life continues. That's why some of you draw death in the dream. You were calling the person's number was not going through. When you start sleeping, you go to the person's house and knock and arrest the person. Even take the person to Hassle Rock to pay you your money. Is that thing in your heart? Imagination. That's why it's very... You need to be careful, especially when it comes to this, the issue of marriage and leading yourself by dreams. Because once you like someone, you're going to see them in the dream always. That's why you see that you don't... Now, that's why the enemy can play two things. You are, observe that when you like someone in the dream, you always... Seeing them, you know, having fun and friendly. And anybody you hate, you realize that if you dream and you see that person's face, the person is trying to kill you. It's true, I know. The way you nod your head, I know you had one. You know why? You see, that hatred you have for the person, the enemy can play on that and use that person's face as if that person wants to kill you. And the goal of the enemy is to cause that hatred to be deep. Now listen carefully to what happens. That hatred in your heart becomes the doorway for the devil to destroy your life. And when your life is now destroyed, you say, it is true. I see their face. No, it wasn't their face. It wasn't the person. It's that hatred in you that the devil got a hold of to be able to destroy you. So let me explain something. I mean, if, 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 if Pastor Felix now, right, Let's say, this is an example. The enemy wants to sow strife between us. We're going to the thought source now, the devil. He transforms himself as an angel of light. If the enemy wants to sow strife between us, you know what the enemy can do? He can pick up his face. 
and make him fight me in the dream. Make him fight me in the dream. If I don't know that this is the devil, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to come up in the morning and start acting those dreams. When I start acting on those dreams, he will now be like, ah, why, why is it that pastor does not like me? He will have his own dream too. I'm using shovel to clear his leg. He's like, wow! Every time pastor is clearing my leg. Every time pastor is clearing my leg. Both of us begin to act on that foolish dream. And you know what will happen? We will sow the seed of hatred. I will go into gossiping. He will go into gossiping. They will now enter acidic prayers. Before you know, you just realize that it was nothing to do with us. But just as Jesus said, the, 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 the enemy comes, the devil comes and finds nothing in me. The devil needs to sow something in you to be able to destroy you. So you need to be careful. The sources of dreams. Second Corinthians 11 verse 14. Satan transforms himself into a, an angel of light. He's a master deceiver and often pretends to be an angel of light. So, even when we are walking in the light of God's word, demonic forces can still attempt to attack us through our dreams. When we have dreams that put fear and terror in us, we should see the spirit of Satan at work. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. When you have certain dreams, I had a dream one time and I, in the dream my son was dead. I didn't even pray about it. I just knew that was the devil trying to put fear in my heart. It was was nothing. I didn't even, oh, Father, I rebuke this dream. No. You don't pay attention to what is not happening. God's, God's giving me a word concerning. I didn't even mention it to anybody. It was not a, it was a subject of discussion because it was not important. There's sometimes you know you can have some dreams because you are tired. You are just, you've worked all day. You are stressed up. So you need to be able to identify what the source of dream. Can you say amen? Wow. <laughs> Praise God. So you need to be able to identify what? The sources of dreams. So dreams can come from God. Dreams can come. I remember a particular... And sometimes, some of you will have some re- reoccurring dreams for years. How many of you have had that kind of dream? You've, I had a particular dream. It's been going on for three, four years. Just the same. Like, like my wife. She's got this dream where she's always crossing water. Always crossing water. Always crossing water. You know, if I was in some kind of churches, I would have taken her for deliverance. Why do you always cross water? You are marine suspect you <laughs> you know but you know what the day she stepped her feet in Bonnie Island that dream stopped I think she had that dream for maybe close to four years she had maybe three times a year ah, I saw we're crossing water today. I saw this waterway they cross we cross alone it, by the time she was having that dream we had no idea we would be here but immediately we came here that dream stopped she's never heard it so you realize that that was a dream almost like preparing her for where she was going to live. She's never lived in a place like this. She grew up in the north, all with mountains and dry lands and deserts. I, 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 so maybe that dream was just... So immediately that dream stopped. It's, it, it, it can be something God is using to give an assurance. So some of you... Then like for me, every time God wants me to prepare two things. I have two dreams. Uh, well, I really have to teach other things. But let me just say this. It will help someone. Either they have called me, for instance, I think three months ago I had a dream where my dad called me to preach. But then I wasn't f- fully dressed. My tie and everything was not arranged. So I was, they already called me in the pulpit and I was trying to do that. I have those dreams constantly when God wants me to prepare for something. So immediately I have that dream, I begin to seek the wisdom of God. Lord, what do you want me to prepare for? And what God is just showing me in that dream is that an opportunity is going to come but you might not be ready. That's one. Or two, I will be writing exams, but my score will be very low. So I always have that dream. It's constant. Once I just write the exam, blah, 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 score, I am like, like five over 100. Just know that guy, you are not ready. <laughs> you know, so what do I do? I just take a time to fast. I go into the Word of God. I pray. I just get myself ready because I know that something is going to come, but I need to prepare myself. I don't, I, do you understand? So let, why I'm saying that is this. Some of you will have specific dreams that are reoccurring that are God's way of giving you certain instructions, so you need to pay attention to them. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. Some of you also, there are certain times where you have certain dreams and then you realize that somebody is dead. Maybe you have a certain dream. There's a woman in our church, back there, my dad's church. She's got this, anytime she's cutting meat, red meat, <laughs> she gets up and two, three weeks, somebody around her will pass, pass, pass on. So after a while, my dad did a series on this in church. It became 
strong to her. She began to connect the then. So when she has that dream now, she goes into, into, into intercession and pray. So there are certain ways. It's called codes. There are codes in the spirit that God can use to communicate certain things to you. And if you pay attention to them, they can become a key to what will happen on the earth. And you, then you begin to work on them. We're going to spend some time to deal with that because I know there's a lot of things there. Then there is vision. Let me go through this quickly. There is vision. A vision is an inspired appearance. Now, there are three kinds of vision. There, are, there is inner vision. The inner vision, you see it like in your heart. It's like a picture. You just see something play out in your heart. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 26. Second Kings 5, 26. You see something play out, but it's, it's inside of you. Visions. Then he said to him, did not my heart go with you when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothes and olive groves and vineyards and sheep and oxen? Remember the Gehazi. When Gehazi ran after the man to collect offering, what did Elijah say? Then my spirit went with you. I saw you when you ran after the man. How did he see him run after the man on his inside? That's a vision. It's not a dream because he was not sleeping. Okay? So, you, so the whole event of how he called... Ah, Gehazi is a bad guy. Can you imagine this guy walking with a pastor and telling this kind of lies? Say, ah, some people just visited my master now. <laughs> ah, <man>. Funny <laughs> guy. So Elijah said, my spirit went with you. So he saw that, that inner vision. It's like a, a, you see the whole thing play out. Inner vision. Some of you have those experiences too. You just see something play out. Inner vision. Number two, there is what you call the open vision. Acts chapter 10. It's like a screen is placed before you. Your eyes are open, but you see the whole thing play out. This one now is not inside. You, you, you almost like see it. I think I've had like an open vision, maybe... Well, I've had a very dramatic open vision, maybe once in my life. But I was a bit younger there. I was praying with my dad. And um, I, I was praying. My eyes were open. I was just praying. My eyes were open. And... <laughs> You know, a lot of people pray and their eyes are closed. Well, it's good to pray with your eyes closed because they avoid distraction. But I like walking and praying. So there was one day I was praying and walking, praying and walking, praying and walking. And we had this old stool. You know, nowadays the stool is not, is not strong. You know those stools that when you hit your leg against there, those ancient stools that your grandmother have used, your great-grandmother, when you hit your leg against there, the first thing you hear is, kind. something will begin to resound in your ear. All the prayer points you were praying, all the enemies after your life, for the first five minutes, there will be silence in heaven. That's the day I stopped closing my eyes. I then realized that, listen, for me not to hit my eyes, I hate anything injury and pain. And that's why you see that most times when I'm praying, my eyes are open. You know, but that day I was praying and my eyes are open and I saw like a hand come out of the wall and wrote a scripture. That's the first time I had like an open vision. So it's very clear. It's like a television screen playing before you. That's an open vision. Then uh, there is what you call trance. This is the highest kind of vision. Your natural senses are suspended. We see an example of this in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse one to four, and Acts chapter ten, verse eleven to fifteen. So, what happens in a trance basically that the consciousness of your physical surrounding disappears. All right. So it's like you might be here with people, but you're not here. Your natural senses disappear, and you're like somewhere else. Now, let me explain something to you, and I'm going to spend time, I pray the, the Lord gives me the liberty to do that. I'm going to spend time to really teach these things in church, because one of the challenges we've had is that we've only seen these things in the realm of negative supernatural. When I mean negative supernatural, we've heard of all these things with witches, wizards, um, so we associate most of these things in the spirit realm with wickedness. In fact, when people disappear, people disappear from here to there. Come on, if I say somebody disappeared or somebody vanished, what comes to your mind? Let me do this quickly. What comes to your mind? Witches. Let's be honest now. I know that's what comes to your mind, right? What happened to Philip? What happened to Philip? Come on. What happened to Philip? I, you, you know, you, you, your, your mouth does not want to say it. Like, mm-mm, mm-mm. It's something. <laughs> that's what happened. He disappeared from Samaria and appeared in the, in, in the desert. And when he finished preaching, what happened to him again? He disappeared. What happened to Jesus? When, when, when he entered the room with the door shut. What happened to Elijah when he was running with the chariot? These are things that God has ordained for us. And some preachers who are short-sighted 
attribute all of this to the devil and we are scared of the spirit realm. We are scared of dreams. We are scared of visions. We are scared of trance. We attribute all of these things. I mean, there was, a, there was a study that was in my heart to do one time and I said, listen, you know what? And God studied my heart to do it. You know some of these things we get scared of? If you go through the scripture and see the miracles that happen in the scripture, you would run. You know what it means that Elijah took an axe head, was sunken down, and took a tree and stirred the water and the axe head floated. If you were a member of his church, you would take off. You see, we haven't, see, we have allowed our humanity to deaden us to the possibilities of the spirit realm. And then the funny thing is, you know why the enemy does? He brings out false prophets to do these things. So even some of us who are teachers of the word, we don't want to just dabble into those things because most false prophets have taken these things and made merchandise of God's people. So because of that, we're a bit scared of that. Not scared, but we kind of like, don't put so much emphasis. But if there is a false thing, that means the truth is there. See, Satan cannot counterfeit what does not exist already. Adventures with God by John G. Lake. John G. Lake will be praying in Spokane, Washington. He will appear in another city, preaching and talking to people and ministering to people. And they will come and share testimony and say, you were in our city so, 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 and so day. You prayed for me. That's why I came. I mean, we'll spend time to talk about that. But, you see, there are dimensions and depths in God that the church needs to rise up to. That's their dimensions. When they wanted to come and arrest Elijah, what happened? It says, around me were chariots of fire. Walls of fire. But, he, but the, the master, uh, the, the, the servant didn't know. What did Elijah pray? Come on, come on now. What did he pray? He said, open his eyes. That's why some of you are so scared. When you enter inside the vehicle, oh father, my blood is bitter. My blood is bitter. Let my blood be bitter. Shut up. If you have bitter blood, you will die. Stop Stop saying nonsense. Next day now, you go to the hospital, they are checking you, they don't know what is wrong with you because you have consistently said that your blood is bitter. So even your body is not rejecting your blood. You die prematurely out of ignorant prayer. And you know why? Why don't you pray, Lord, open my eyes? The day you know those who are around you. <laughs> the day you know the, those who are around you. I mean, something happened one day and someone made a very careless statement. He says, you people should not be afraid. I mean, if you see the way my wife reacted and the way I reacted, nothing has gotten us angry like that statement. Afraid? <laughs> you know how many times God has preserved? You know the angels that attend to this young boy here? Terrifying, terrible, fierce, and wicked angels with an intention to preserve. I've been involved in an accident with my parents before and I was taken out of the car and kept to sit on a stone, on toast. The accident was so terrible, it was reported. It was in the Badon Express, it was reported in the newspapers. Nothing tossed me. Many years later, God spoke to me. Enemy has tried to destroy your life many times, but I preserved you. I mean, I can't tell you. I think I've told you the story here before. When robbers came to our school, to my hostel in school, they robbed every door. When they came to my door, they said, close your door. I thought it was a vigilantes. I said, I'll close it when I wake up in the morning. I went back to sleep, because my sleep is precious. It was... 30 minutes after the whole hostel was crying. I got up and realized they were thieves. We will not talk of incidents where we have missed gunshots. I share the story here. When we had, um, I think we just had Zara. My wife just woke up and said, let's go and sleep in the children's room. That's why you need to know when to listen, listen, listen. Some of you men, you don't listen to your wife at all. Some of you over listen. Anything your wife says, she's God. My wife said, let's go and sleep in the children. I said, okay. So I just got up. We went to sleep. We got up in the morning and there was a bullet right our, right our 
down. We had that bullet. I think it was when we were moving here. We had the, and how we knew it was a bullet. Well, I've never seen a bullet. Because I'm not a retired arm robber. <laughs> the way we knew it was a bullet, the guy, our caretaker was a military man. So we took it to him. He was shocked. It was pierced right. You could see the hole on our rug just by our bedside. And the possibilities would have been if any of us was going out to his, himself or herself in the night, you couldn't tell. I mean, you know the angels that preserve us? In fact, I'll say this now, right? In fact, I was so conscious of supernatural preservation that my wife always had to check the door to make sure the door is locked. It, 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 it was so real to me. I became very, let me use the word callous, but you know what? I, I keep telling myself, it's not the how you lock the door, it's not the boat. Because if they really want to kill you, you will be the one to say, ah, they come, I bring the key. Now the key be, you will open it. If they say, I have both. This key, to break it is hard. They will just knock and put God to say, wait, wait, the spare key. You will ring it. Which one do you want me to use open the door? The make can be the spare one. Be conscious. Don't be, don't put your hope in an assertion dog. Say this, my dog is wicked. No. Get some wicked angels to be with you. That will preserve you from harm. He said, and I will give my angels charge over you. They will keep you from dashing your foot against the rocks. Preservation. <laughs> that when your car is having an accident, an angel will move it from the road. Not many times I traveled by road. In fact, Nowadays, I'm like wondering, how did I get there? I mean, there was a time I was traveling to Abuja. I was at the back. I was reading, listening to message. And I slept off. The next thing I heard, people were shouting. I woke up. The driver could not drive for 40 minutes to one hour. The man was terrified. He said, we had escaped an accident. We're in between two, two trailers. And I was sleeping. I just got up. I mean, for the rest of the journey, the people were in fear. Ah, it will not happen. It will not happen. It, I slept again. I woke up in Abuja. Why? Say nothing be terrified by your adversary. I was sharing something with the folks in the office. And that's a revelation God gave me many years ago. Say the spirit of a man will sustain him in his infirmity. When Jesus was about to die, Bible says he yielded his spirit. So I tell people, I can't die until I yield my spirit. You can't. Say no man can take this life. He said, I lay it down. So you have power to lay your life down. How do you lay your life down? Confessions. This Nigerian road, hey, let somebody not go and die by accident. You are, you are laying it down gradually. Ah, ah, accident. You keep, keep discussing accident as if it is scripture. Joshua 1 8. Meditate on it day and night. And observe to do. Confess all your talk. Death, accident, funeral, barrier. Death, accident, funeral, barrier. They say, How did it happen? You laid it down. Paul says, I'm, I'm torn between two options. He says, If I stay, it's profitable for you. He says, If I do not stay, it's profitable for me. He says, I don't know what to choose. You can choose when to go. With long life, will it satisfy us and show us his salvation? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Glory to God. Okay. Wise counsel, that's bonus. God can lead us through wise counsel. Psalm 1 verse 1 to 6. So the Bible talks about the counsel of the ungodly. Alright. <laughs> that shall not laugh at your man of God. Okay. Second Samuel 16.23. Glory to God. Second Samuel 16.23. David says the counsel of Ahithophel was like the counsel of the gods. That means God can guide us through what? Wise counsel. That's why stubborn people rarely make progress. There are major decisions I've taken in my life. How did God guide me? Wise counsel. That's why you should have one or two people in your life that you can trust their counsel. So I trust God is speaking through you. Not canal people. Counsel is important. That's why God says the blessing will come on him. Who is enough in the midst of ungodly counsel. I'm going to deal extensively with this in the second service. So you'll get the message of the second service. Spiritual perception 
Acts chapter 27 verse 9 to 10. Let me just give you so you write it down. But when you get the message, you get the full stuff. Um, Acts 27 verse 9 to 10. You know what Paul said? Paul says, I perceive that this voyage will end in, 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 in disaster. But the wind was good. Everything was okay and they sailed. That's why divine direction is not based on circumstance. Everything can be okay and God says don't go there. <laughs> you know, my wife tell, told me a funny story. Um, my wife is my best friend. We just a lot, so that's why I'm always preferring her because I don't just, just too much with people. She was telling me a story of, she heard a preacher say that there's this brother who wanted to marry and he was, he was deceptive. So he went to church. You know, some of the brothers, when they want to marry, they quickly get born again. Come and collect our sisters that we have been investing all our life on. So we began to pretend. I know some of those pretends. And then another girl that was also tired of playing came into the church and began to pretend. You know, the Bible says, to the crafty, God will show himself crafty. Say to the wise, God will show himself wise. Don't, don't deceive yourself. Finally, both decept, deceptive or deceptors. I don't know if there's an English word like that. I don't know, but whatever it is. The deceptors. <laughs> she acted a film like that. All right? They met themselves and married. So, finished getting married. The honeymoon got there. They went to the hotel. Ah, the man now brought drink to cool down after victory has been won. <laughs> the guests who now brought cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, they ah, you they drink, ah, you they smoke. <laughs> you will attract your type. If you are a master deceiver, you see, Joseph thought he was a master deceiver until he encountered Laban. Ah! God had to deliver him. The deception of Laban, the more the man walked, the more he was reducing his wages. God had to change his. You know what God did to him? First, he changed his nature. Say, You are a deceiver. Say, But from today, you will be called a prince with God. When your nature changes, you will have new encounters. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then the last one is your inward witness. Proverbs 20, 27. Proverbs 20, 27. Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So the Lord will lighten your candle. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So you get the full, full teaching in the second service. And uh, listen to that audio. But these are the points. Have you been blessed this morning? I said, have you been blessed this morning? God is going to do great and mighty things in your life. I said, God is going to do great and mighty things in your life. From today, confusion is eradicated permanently. You will know what to do. I said, you will know what to do. If you want to make mistakes in your life, God will restrain you. Through dreams, through visions, through trance, through your inward witness, through godly counsel, you will never lack for direction in your life anymore. In the name of Jesus, you will never lack for direction in your life anymore. In the mighty name of Jesus, God will grant you grace. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.